Yeah, there are some big problems that we as humanity face on this planet. There's a lot of things that are, present both opportunities and challenges that are bigger than one company, one country uh, can solve. Hi, I'm Katherine Druckmann, an open source evangelist at Intel. I sat down with Melissa Evers, Vice President in the Software and Advanced Technology Group and General Manager of the Software to Execution Organization at Intel, an organization of which I am pleased to be a part. She shared valuable insight on open source citizenship, giving back to the community, her own open source journey, and what's on the horizon. I think you'll enjoy hearing from Melissa in this special bonus episode, and please join us again. For more from the Open.Intel team, check out open.intel.com and at open at Intel on X, formerly known as Twitter. Hey, Melissa, thank you so much for joining me. So I'm talking today to Melissa Evers, who is our fearless leader of a group within Intel that includes my group, uh, the Open Ecosystem. So I'm really excited to talk to her. She has a long history of involvement in the open source world, and uh, we're going to learn from it today. So thank you for joining me, Melissa. It's my pleasure to be here. Tell us a little bit about your team at Intel and, and your role both at Intel and your participation in external open source communities, like, for example, the Linux Foundation. Um, so I have the privilege of leading an organization called the Strategy to Execution Team within the Software and Advanced Technology Group at Intel. And that organization is led by our CTO, Greg Lavender, and that organization is the horizontal software organization on behalf of the entire corporation. So our team in the Strategy to Execution Team is a kind of a horizontal within a horizontal. We are responsible for being agents of change, transformation, um, as well as execution on behalf of software teams, both within the software and advanced technology group, but also broadly across de software development teams across the corporation. And that spans both the open ecosystem team, it spans program management, it spans the work that we're doing with regard to software modernization, quality practices, security practices, et cetera. Um, and so it's, it's very much a privilege to have that role at this pivotal point in Intel's transformation journey. I agree. I, I honestly feel quite privileged to be in, in, in my position, part of in my little part of S2E. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm a little biased, but, but I think we have a great group. Slightly. Um, <laughs> a little. <laughs> to be fair. Right. Full disclosure. <laughs> Super <Right>. biased. <laughs> so tell me, what is, what is your open source origin story? What brought you into the open source community? Well, you know, it's um, it's funny because there's a um, it, it's very specific. So, I've had three careers in my life. My first was in civil structural engineering. My second was in finance and strategy, and my third was in open source software development. Um, but in my it was actually in my second career that uh, or, or journey that I uh, fell in love with open source development. Specifically, um, it was when I was in um, managing the financials for um, part of our part of Intel. And we were really struggling with the generation. This is back a long time ago um, when netbooks were a thing, trying to figure mm. out how we create uh, low cost uh, laptop like devices for education segment, et cetera, really hitting low, low price points. Um, for, you know, these, these emerging markets for at the time, you know, education was viewed as an emerging market. 
And we were struggling because in order to hit these really, really low price points, we needed a really, really cheap operating system. And we, we, you know, without naming names, the predominant operating system at the time was not willing to meet the price point that we needed in order to be able to sell these devices, you know, for under $200, for example. And so um, we created a project called Mego. And Mego was a uh, Linux operating system, very basic uh, Linux operating system that was intended to meet the needs of this netbook, very simple users, et cetera, uh, this market for education. And we were able to do that because we stood on the shoulders of you know, the generations of x86 Linux development of the past and all the work that had been done by the community in a variety of ways to, re, to, you know, to have calendars and you know, all these types of functions um, that the community had built. And so within a very quick turn, you know, in terms of relative speaking, we were able to create a, um, a, a an operating system that honestly was super cute, in my opinion, I'm totally biased, sorry. but um, it was very cute. <laughs> oh, um, I remember. You know, yeah. it was bit, kids were part of the target audience, right? But it was it was it was awesome, and uh, create a whole community around it, and uh, you know, both internal and external, and really bring this thing to market very very quickly to be adaptive to what was viewed as the the market's needs at the time, and and you know enabling device proliferation for children and, you know, exposure globally, et cetera. Um, and so, um, you know, which is something I also have a passion for. So, um, you know, I was like, this is amazing. Like, how can this happen? How can, how can <laughs> it be that, that, you know, so quickly within a period of, of quarters, we can go from concept to like something that's production ready um, to be able to be shipped. And um, it was really because of the history of the community that we were able to leverage in order to, you know, reskin it with that cute little, those cute little Migo guys, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and move forward. And so the power of the community, the power of open development, the power of um, the acknowledgement of all of the work that has gone on before in the community that you can leverage to meet new market needs, uh, really harnessed my imagination, and um, I became a pretty staunch advocate after that point in time. That's great. I love that Migo is your story. I, it's funny. Um, trivia. I've only been at, at Intel for about a, a little over a year, but I've been around open source a very long time. One of my favorite vintage swag t-shirts is my Migo t-shirt. It's so <laughs> soft. <laughs> it's so soft. And I still have my copy of Linux Journal that has Migo on the cover. Yeah. Yeah. From so many years ago, when it first came out, I thought it was so cute. I still have the copy of the magazine. It's I have it in a drawer somewhere. I showed it, you know, I show it around every once in a while. So I, yeah. you know, I I had a similar affinity back in the day. That's so yeah. funny. That, that so um, funny. I, well, just to finish that small world story. So, um, you know, Migo had its role, um, and you know, and then it ended up becoming Tizen. Um, and then Tizen ended up being something that Samsung really kind of harnessed onto, right? And um, through that journey, through that period of time, through those years, I ended up moving out of finance and into software because I told you, you know, I fell in love with open source development. Um, and so um, when I, we were shopping for a fridge last <laughs> last year, I we walked by the beautiful Samsung fridge with the big panel, you know, and, and I, I the, of the laptop, et cetera. And I told my daughter, I was like, you know, I worked on that in a previous 
like derivative, like a million yeah. years ago. <laughs> that what it's running i played a role in that and and she was like no way you know and i was like oh. yeah and so guess what's sitting in my kitchen right now? that's awesome you got some cool points from your kid that's brilliant i, I love maybe it cool points maybe cool points but yeah indeed so cool so so melissa tell me why is it important for you to give your time or resources to open source communities like the linux foundation external to intel yeah, so I, um, whether it be the Linux Foundation or other open development foundations, I think, you know, creating the infrastructure to enable communities to thrive is non-trivial work. It, it's a skill. It's, it's, you know, whether it be the infrastructure itself, whether it be the community events, whether it be the training, whether it be the security and the infrastructure that's, you know, merging code and running scans, et cetera. Um, this is, this is not necessarily sexy work, but it's absolutely essential. None of what we know today with regard to open development would be possible without, you know, the dedication of foundations like the Linux Foundation and people like myself and many, 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 many others I'm a very tiny example. There are people who are, um, you know, just hugely invested in donating their time and their energy to community work. Um, none of that would be possible without without all of these people coming together and giving their best and the brightest. Um, and so I um, I think it's important for anyone who believes in the essential nature of open development to advance technology. Um, and create innovation platforms for the future um, to be invested in creating healthy, vibrant communities that operate with transparency and accountability and trust uh, because it is the foundation by which our future will be built. So you, you wear a lot of hats. You, you lead the S2E organization. You, you, you have a hat within Intel and you have hats external to Intel. It's the Linux Foundation. Um, how do you balance all those and how, how do those missions align? Um, so if you look at Intel's core purpose, um, in fact, we have something that we call the strategy on a page and um, it, you know, it talks about um, the role of open ecosystem development as core to who we are. The mission of the Linux Foundation and other open source development foundations, Intel, um, we strongly believe that Technology is advanced through neutral, horizontal, open competition. Um, there's a, a guy named Simon Wardley who has this principle of Wardley mapping. Um, but one of the one of my takeaways from his body of work is the role that open source has to drive proliferation, standardization, um, and commoditization of technology, which then enables the next generation of innovation to occur. And um, we've seen that time and time and time again through history. And I think, you know, when we look at the role of Intel to power the compute, whether it be CPU, GPU, FPGA, you know, Habana, ASICs, et cetera, whether we look at the, the hardware we provide or whether we look at the services we render, um, you know, those, that neutral horizontal foundation uh, by which the next generation of innovation can occur to solve the world's largest problems. Um, that is what we are about. And it is exactly what the Linux Foundation is about too. 
there, there's a phrase open source people like to use, and that is chop wood and carry water, right? To giving back to communities. Yeah. What does that phrase mean to you in terms of contributing to open source projects and communities? So it's, it's something that it, ha it has a lot of meaning because in the end, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of just work that has to happen. It's not just about the next feature development, right? Um, chop wood and carry water means doing the work at the community to enable the project to thrive. And whether that means, uh, you know, reviewing pull requests from other people in the community, whether that means you know, resolving bugs, whether that means working on documentation, there's a lot of um, work that has to happen. It's sometimes a little behind the scenes, it might not be so sexy, but in order for, you know, communities to actually be able to deliver software that can be taken to production, you have to do the hard stuff too. Um, and that means that each of us has a responsibility as part of the community to lean in and make those things happen. And it's something that you know we continue to espouse with regard to Intel engineers and our responsibilities to the community. Uh, but it is also something that um, and, you know we struggle with because sometimes it's not um, it's not something that is going to uh, be the next big sexy feature that's going to, you know, garner a lot of attention, right? And mm -hmm. so there's, um, you know, making sure that we're recognizing people who are doing this good work within the community. Um, we've had the benefit of uh, some of our engineers actually being recognized by the community for their for their efforts in this regard. And it's something that we, when those recognitions occur, we definitely <laughs> amplify internally because we want to continue to reiterate um, the essential nature of this work to advance uh, the projects we care about. What excites you most about the future of open source as a whole? And also maybe, you know, in our, our group at Intel or with external communities, like what do, what do you see on the horizon? How are we changing the world? Well, I think that, you know, I talked a little bit about worldly mapping. I talked about the history, right? But you know, there are some big problems that we as humanity face on this planet. Um, and, you know, whether that be genomics, whether that be healthcare, whether that be climate change, whether that be um, AI and generative AI and frontier models, right? There's a lot of things that are, present both opportunities and challenges that are bigger than one company, one country uh, can solve, one academic institution, et cetera. It literally is going to take a global, team self-organizing to tackle the breadth and challenges that we face. And um, I, the open source model has proven itself to be very vibrant and successful in tackling big challenges. And I believe that it can absolutely be applied. And if we look at where we are in the technology diffusion curve of, of some of the technologies I just mentioned, you know, we're still in kind of proprietary vertical stack land, right? bespoke solutions that are unique to a particular company. Um, we need to figure out how we drive that technology into mainstream. We need to do so in a way that is ethical, responsible, and um, harnesses the, the onus that is upon each of us to advance technology for the benefit of those on this planet. But in the same regard, um, it is something that I believe open source and open development is uniquely capable of tackling. And in fact, I believe it is the only way we can thrive 
as a planet is to do so through open development, driving transparency, accountability, responsibility, and trust. I wholeheartedly agree. I think transparency is going to be key to solving the big problems. So where would you personally like to have the most impact and and, and what do you want to be known for? Um, so I tend to be someone who is a little bit more behind the scenes. I'm, I'm not, you know, the big spokesperson or anything like that. Um, I personally like to be known for being someone who solves problems. Um, I like bringing people together in the context of some of those challenges that we just described with different points of view, different companies, different academic institutions, being able to pull people to the table and talk about a common purpose and what do we want to unite to do to try to address it? What is the piece that we want to try to solve? Um, And I've had the privilege of doing that on behalf of a variety of technologies over my tenure at Intel. Um, And I feel like um, those are the types of roles I like to play. I I am a person of, of integrity and personal trust building those relationships and figuring out how we reach across to um, partner and move forward um, is something that um, both fires me up with regard to my personal impact, but also in terms of what I believe and hope for the future. I, I love your your hopeful and optimistic take. And, and I really do. Frankly, I appreciate, again, I'm super biased, but I appreciate you, you taking that kind of role. What is your advice for people who would like to get more involved in contributing to open source projects and organizations? So I think one of the common misconceptions about um, getting involved in open development is that you have to be an engineer. You have to be a software engineer in order to get involved and help. Um, And yes, just, you know, if you want to do engineering, you need to be an engineer. (laughs) Yeah, But there's a lot more opportunity within communities to get involved, Um, you know, whether it be marketing committees or events committees or, you know, documentation or, you know, there's lots and lots of ways to get involved. And so, you know, the first thing I would say is if you have a passion for something an open community is working on, you know, get on, go, go to some meetings, get on their listserv, watch what's happening within the community. Um, Find it, you know, trying to figure out where your unique skills might actually benefit. Raise your hand, volunteer, talk to folks in the community um, and say like, Hey, I can, I have, I can, I have these skills. Is that helpful anywhere? Um, So don't be inhibited by, um, you know, not having skills in a particular domain. um, And if you have passion and interest in a particular community, if you are an engineer and you do have technical skills, definitely get involved in communities. Um, there is so much going on that um, you know a quick a quick web search will likely lead you to a myriad of different types of opportunities with regard to projects that exist. I tend to be a bit more biased with regard to leaning into communities that are under neutral governance, under foundation leadership, because then there's some structure there with regard to meritocracy and representation that you may or may not find in all communities. Um, but I, I do think that there's there's so much opportunity. And frankly, just beginning the conversation by joining the listserv, reading the wikis, um, you know, joining a community meeting and listening for a little while, becoming informed, and then raising your hand when you see an opportunity. Um, 
or doing, you know, if you're back on the tech side, you know, starting to close some bugs, right? Earn some community cred by just contributing. Um, those types of things are incredibly instrumental with, um, you know, those initial stages of community involvement and activism. I, I think that's wonderful advice. I, I, I think um, this type of involvement can be intimidating for people who are, who are interested and, in, you know, even, even people with, with engineering skills or, or other skills, marketing skills, document, technical writing skills, it still can be kind of intimidating to yeah. take that first step to do that work in the open. I've been there. Um, but I, you know, I would also add that, that people in, in most communities, at least the ones that I've been involved in are, are very, they're very kind. They're very, they're excellent in nurturing new contributors. Uh, you know, you'll, you'll learn tremendous things as a, as an, a young engineer or new engineer, uh, you know, getting involved in these projects and just diving in and doing that kind of work out in the open. I, I think that's so wise. And I think the other thing to remember is everybody had to start somewhere, you know, even, yeah. even, even if this person is a maintainer of a really, you know, critical project, et cetera, they had to start somewhere. As my dad used to say, you know, everybody puts their pants on one leg at a time, right? It yep. doesn't matter who you are. Yep. Right? So um, just being willing to take the initiative to start, um, you know, get over that initial, you know, intimidation, as you mentioned, and and trying, um, you know, is, is all, all, all you can ask. Yeah, click click that pull request button and don't be afraid. Right, um, but acknowledge. But I do acknowledge that it is a. It can be scary. <laughs> I I think um, I appreciate all all of this kind of wisdom and peek behind the curtain that you've given us and and, and our listeners on the outside. Um, thank you so much. And I I do wanted to make sure I I gave you the opportunity if there was something that I did not ask you and you wanted to answer, um, hmm. please you know go ahead. If there's wow. additional wisdom to share. I, I think I would just offer the community a few things. One is uh, my our sincere thanks, uh, my thanks, um, Intel's thanks, because it is all of you who um, are doing the hard work of moving our technology landscape forward. And you know, no matter where you are in the staff, right? Um, this is the, this is real work, and it benefits all of us for you to continue to persevere and be resilient. So thank you. Um, I think the other thing I would invite is if you are seeing Intel or Intel engineers behave in ways that are discongruous with what I just described as our mission and purpose or um, our hope for our, our engineering engagement, I'd invite you to reach out to me um, and, and let me know what you're seeing and, and we'll dig in and see what we can do to fix it. Um, but thank you again for everything you do. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Melissa. And thank you for everyone who's listened this far. And uh, we will chat with you next time. Thanks, everybody.